Hello, true crime addicts. I'm Taylor. And I'm Kara. And this is A Latte Murder, a podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. But we continue to do it anyway. Grab a cup of caffeine. And join us for a latte fun. Here we go. I'm tired. <laughs> Me and Kara have been hanging out for most of the afternoon. Evening? Evening. You got here at what time? 5.30. Was I here that late? Yeah, because I was at Starbucks forever. Oh. I guess that's true, because I worked till about 2.30, mm-hmm. and then I took Nika for like an hour walk. Yeah. And I was supposed to leave at 4. Then I ended up leaving at 4.30. Then I was in line at Starbucks for 30 minutes. Oh, sorry. That's ESPN alerting ESPN. Me. What? Is there a game? The Hurricanes scored against the Blue Jackets. Oh, uh, I turned off my NHL one just because, like, I get them so much and I, like, just don't pay attention to them anymore, so. Yeah. I need to turn off my football ones because I could give a crap who is a free yeah. agent. <laughs> like, I get 12 alerts a day. I'm like, I don't care who's a free agent, guys. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know care. anything about football. I just so. want to know what's going on with the Packers. That's all. <laughs> That's all. I don't even know that. That's all. That's all. That's all. But I'm tired. I've been up since like 4.45. (laughs) That's crazy. I'm tired. And you gotta be up early tomorrow. Yeah. It's 9.23 right now. Oh, Just for reference. (laughs) And we got a big case. (laughs) We do have a big case. And then you came over. Mm Mm-hmm. And we hung out with my dog for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. She didn't want to play with me. Doesn't want to play with anybody. (laughs) I was offended. And then we went to dinner. And then we're shopping. Mm-hmm. And now we're here. And I have to get up <laughs> at 5.30 tomorrow. Here, I have to get up at like 9. <laughs> Just kidding. I have to get up at 5.30 tomorrow and go to training. That's your fault. <laughs> it is my fault. <laughs> no. Well, we'll finish this quick. No, we probably won't. It's a big case. Yeah. Okay, Kara, highs and lows. My high for this week is that I started training for my full-time job that I'm starting in May. Very cool. So I'm training part-time because I can't give them full-time till I graduate. Mm-hmm. But I started training yesterday. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, I have seven weeks left of school. <laughs> Countdown. Still haven't. I didn't read Salem's Lot again this week. I had, <laughs> I had time to do it. Yeah. But instead, I watched movies That's on funny. my nights off. You watched the documentary, though, for this. I did watch the documentary, so, yeah. So I was, something I was productive. working, yes. <laughs> you know, I had a good week because I had, things are starting to slow down at my internship because mm-hmm. I only have, like, let's <laughs> see, we have one week left in March, so I have, mm-hmm. like, a month and, like, a week left. Crazy. Yeah, and so I'm not getting any new clients, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to see clients every other week so my weeks aren't really busy anymore yeah so i had a nice kind of slow week there and then i had a couple nights to myself at my at my parents house because i still have my parents but i'm moving Mm -hmm. on friday yeah that's exciting so like my mom was in florida this week and then two nights this week my brother and my dad went to a Cavs game so there was one i didn't know you could go yeah, you can still go. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, they're all spaced out and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you can get tickets pretty cheap because I'm pretty sure the Cavs suck. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I hate basketball. I haven't heard anything about them, which shows that they're probably not doing well. I don't like basketball, so I, do. I don't care. I like them. I hate basketball. 
there's a whistle every freaking well yeah that's... drive to the basket yeah that's why i like hockey because you can like hit people in the face mm-hmm. and it still goes yeah but yeah it's good times that's why i got the alerts <laughs> for the blue jacket <laughs> yeah yep. where's i going with this oh so i had two <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i forgot what i was doing so i had two nights off um just to myself mm-hmm. and i don't have like homework anymore which is like a weird thing to mm-hmm. me like i feel like i have to write a paper yeah it's like i get home and <laughs> i'm like i i have some there's got to be something i have to yeah. do and i don't Becoming more of an adult with yeah, no homework. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I put on a movie. What did I end up watching? Oh, so during quarantine, I started watching the Marvel movies mm-hmm. in order of, not chronological order, like of their timeline, yeah. but order of release. Mm. So I stopped at, so like the next one I had to watch was Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's pretty recent. So, yeah. So, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, which I wasn't... I didn't like that one. Oh, I like Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't watch many Marvel movies, but I watched that one. And I didn't like that one. So. I didn't like that one. Well, but I'm you gonna, can be wrong. But, <laughs> but I feel like I have to watch it because they show up in, like, oh, other yeah. Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to watch the second one. Yeah. But the second one was good, too. I thought. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I don't think... I like it if you didn't like the first one. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan, but I watched Guardians of the Galaxy this week, and I watched uh, Age of Ultron. Mm. So I think the next one is Ant-Man, which I'm not too excited for that one. Yeah, I like I like the guy that plays Ant-Man in Friends. He's good. And, like, all his other movies are good. He's a good, like, comedian, but he's probably not funny in he's Ant-Man in as much. Yeah, he's in Friends, and, yep, I like him. Banana hammock. Banana hammock. Princess Consuela. Yes, banana <laughs> hammock. <laughs> so, like yes. Crap yeah. bag. That's what it is. Crap, crap sack. I thought it was crap. No, no crap, crap bag. bag. Yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, this is my, my husband or whatever. This is my boyfriend. Crap bag. I want you to say my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good episode. Crap bag. They're, I think they're married already. Or they're fiancés or something, right? Yeah, I don't know. They're, yeah, they're definitely, yeah. They're something. But, so that's what I did. And I poured some wine. I just sat with my dog on the couch while she slept, and I watched movies. <laughs> very it, nice. It was very nice. Very nice. Um, Lowe's? I already talked about my stupid test, right? I talked about that last week. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah you because we were recording on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was the day after. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed. <laughs> I'm moving, so I have a lot of packing to do, yeah. and I'm avoiding it. Kara's room's a mess. Like, just look <laughs> at my closet. I don't want to go through that. Yeah, that's a lot. To yeah. That, look at that giant birthday card. I wonder who got me that. Did I buy that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah. I it's, vaguely remember. It's like a what? What do you think? How many feet you think that is? Like a yard? You think it's like three no, feet? No, that's like two feet. No, that's like three feet. That's not three feet. That's three feet. No way. No way. You're not good with measurements. <laughs> that's three feet. That's a three foot birthday card. For sure. It's definitely not. It's but definitely whatever. Not. <laughs> whatever you want to do. But I don't want to go through any of my stuff. Yeah. <sighs> I have a lot of shit in this little room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll be fine. You just have to bring everything. How hard could it be? I've already gone through, like, some of the furniture. Like, mm-hmm. I went through, like, I mean, I can't exactly point them out to you. But yeah. I've gone through, like, half of my room. And, like, the books are gone off my shelves and mm-hmm. stuff, but... Yeah, those have been gone for a while now. Yeah, but I, I gotta get cracking here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now you have to. But, I mean, it's always always here. It's not like 
Yeah. Your parents are moving out, so you can just <laughs> That's true. Do it slowly. I just need to make sure Gordon's okay and mm-hmm. everything. Gordon is my snake plant, and he's thriving, and I gotta make sure he gets... This isn't doing so well. I know, and I can't... <laughs> I can't take her with me anyway because there's nowhere to hang her. Yeah, she's dead. So she's dead. She was doing so well. I know. I was saying complimenting. It's her string of pearls plant that hangs behind me when we podcast. Yeah. And it was really beautiful. Now I shouldn't have moved it from the window. I know it was doing fine, like for a while. I've been watering it. I don't know what the problem is. Maybe the maybe just winter, like not enough light. It's been fine until a month ago. <laughs> February really hit hard. Yeah, man, that February. Yeah. All right. What are your highs and lows? I honestly don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I skip me. No. Um, All right, we're gonna go to our next person. <laughs> yeah. Well, my low would be that the week felt long. My hours changed at work, so I'm working the same amount of hours, but it feels longer because I'm there later. Yeah. So I don't know. I just like get anxious. When I'm there, like, I'm like, at 12, I'm like, I have to be here for five more hours. <laughs> like, what? How do you think so. I feel when I go into work at 6.15 this morning? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's only 9 o'clock. Yeah. Well, that's what – I worked 6 to 4, like, for the first two weeks. And that felt fine. Like, I was, like, okay with it. Now I work 5 to 7 – or not 5 to 7, 7 to – I was like, wow, that's it? <laughs> 7 to 5. And that feels longer, even though it's not. And five o'clock just sounds really late. Yeah, it just seems late. And then I'm like, when I get home, I don't want to do anything. I just want to eat dinner and then go to sleep. But so mm. I was probably, and I haven't been able to read because I've been studying. So, yeah. And I have a test, that, like on Thursday of this week. So, so you're not editing. I'm not editing. You're editing. So I get to edit another long episode. Yes, you're welcome. Great, because I already edited Son of Sam. <laughs> yep. Good job, Kara. You're the, you're the true, true, uh... I mean, you do all the computer thing. stuff, so... Just like, you, s- you set up the mics and... <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. That doesn't mean I'm techie. Uh, my high would be that... You hung out with me today. Yeah. And we went to dinner. <laughs> yeah, I got stuff at Target, <laughs> which I haven't been able to do, I feel like, in a while. We haven't walked around Target in a long time. Yeah. Which is why we're so late tonight. I'm tired. But I also got to hang out with my family yesterday and play games with them, which was good after studying all day. Yeah. Because I had Fridays off, so then I was studying all day, and then I went to dinner, like, went to their house for dinner, so that was nice. So, thanks, Mom and Dad, for dinner last night. This is my high of the week. <laughs> whoop, whoop. So. What'd you have for dinner? Baked ziti. Ooh. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had it. baked ziti. Oh, it's good. It's just, like, it's, like, baked pasta like you make the pasta put it in a container and you bake it and you put like crumbs on the top nice it's good it's very yummy it sounds good i love pasta so so yeah and other high is that i'm slowly convincing my husband john to get a peloton <laughs> Ooh, if he listens to this he would he'd be like you're ridiculous because i i john bring doesn't it up, listen to this no but i bring it up all the time to him i'm like oh just if we had a peloton or like whatever <laughs> he's like Stop bringing it up. I'm slowly cracking him. I think you are. I think you're yeah. wearing it. He was, down. like, thinking about where to put it. And I was like, but now we're not getting one. He's like, well, now I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, see. You're going to have one by the time summer hits. Well, it takes a while for them to get delivered. But that's why I sent him an email 
they email me because I like I signed up for an account on my parents one so like they email me and um it said oh our delivery times are shorter only two to four weeks and normally it's like three months so I forwarded it to John without saying anything <laughs> just forwarded to him and then I was at work and I get a text you're ridiculous <laughs> I'm like yep but I'm persistent it's fine so, those are my highs and lows nice all right <laughs> All right, what are we doing? Now we'll talk about the case. Taylor so. picked this week, and she yes. picked a big case. Yes. But you filled. didn't know it was big, because you didn't yeah. know it. I know. I can't believe I didn't know this. Yeah. It's filled with mystery, theories, mm-hmm. lots of theories, <laughs> lots so, of mystery. This is our first technical missing persons case. I feel like in past ones, there's been, I don't know, <laughs> some like missing people. No? <laughs> Let me think. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. We've like, never had done a missing person. No, I know. But like, uh, maybe I'm just going crazy. <laughs> okay, so this week we're doing a missing persons case. We're doing the disappearance of Maura Murray. And many of you may have heard this case because I really want to do a missing persons case this week because we haven't done one. And I just Googled big missing persons case. <laughs> And this is the second one that came up. And I knew of the case, but, like, not off the top of my head. So then since I saw it, I thought, oh, we should do that one. I didn't know this one. Yeah. So this I, one was, like... I, when I was, like, doing stuff on mm-hmm. it, I can't believe I've never yeah. heard of this. Well, it's, like, it happened in our lifetime. So, I mean, we were young. But the it was, like, second on the website to Madeline McCain's, like, disappearance. Yeah, so this was that's like, a big one. So this one's pretty big. You know, next to also, like, Natalie Holloway. That's technically they say is not a missing persons because they said she's they like, declared her dead. They declared yeah. her dead, but technically, you know, they never There's found no her body. body yeah. So. so this is Maura Murray. So just I'll just do a quick overview of Maura in the the case, and then we'll go deeper into those things. So Maura Murray was born May fourth on nineteen eighty two in Hanson, Massachusetts. She disappeared on February 9, thousand four, after a car crash on Route one twelve near Woodsville, New Hampshire, in the town of Haverhill. So, I don't, I'm not familiar with this area at all, so I can't really attest to the area at all, or the weather, or anything like that. Um, She's still missing to this day. She was 21 years old at the time of her disappearance, and was a nursing student at the University of Massachusetts, Massachusetts Amherst. Oh, dang, it's Massachusetts again. You couldn't say it last week either. I can't say certain words. Um, She's been missing for 17 years now. So, I was just going to do a quick overview of, like, the case. Um, on Monday, February 9th, before Mora left her university campus, Mora emailed her professors and work supervisors stating she was going out of town for a week due to a death in the family. Uh, at 7.27, a local woman reported a car accident on a sharp corner on Route 112 adjacent to her home. A passing motorist who also lived nearby stopped at the scene, asked the woman who was driving if she needed assistance, the woman, who we're assuming is Mora at this point, declined, claiming she had already called AAA to come help her. When the passerby got home, he called 911 despite the driver saying she didn't want him to and reported the accident. At 7.46 p.m., law enforcement arrived at the scene, but the woman who was driving was not there and the car was locked. Police traced the vehicle back to Murray and initially treated her as a missing persons case on the belief that she wanted to disappear voluntarily. Um, because she made a fake excuse of her a death in her family, 
which her parents said that there was no death in the family and they didn't know she was going anywhere and there was no evidence of foul play. So that's just a brief overview of the case. It's very deeper. Mm-hmm. It goes a lot deeper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are layers. Yeah. <laughs> there are layers. Yes. So we'll just see if you want to do her like life and background. So, like Oh, we said- didn't do... <laughs> Sorry, we didn't do sources. Oh, okay. I used multitude of sources. I used Wikipedia, which, you know, is not always accurate, but I cross-referenced it with YouTube videos such as Kendall Ray and another doctor on YouTube that talks about the case. <laughs> and I also used Reddit to look up conspiracy theories. Cool. I used Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's a really, really good documentary on Hulu. That is made by, like, the Oxygen Channel, and it's called The Disappearance of Murray Murray. Mm-hmm. If you have Hulu, 10 out of 10 recommend this documentary. It's so good, and that's what I did most of my research for, like, on this week, mm-hmm. because it's, I mean, I can't, it's so good. Yeah. And it was made in I, 2017. What is it on? Hulu. Hulu, okay. Yeah, it's I didn't really watch good. that. It's six episodes. It's super good. Mm-hmm. Um... And I just, I, I can't say more. It's, yeah. It's just good. So watch that if you want after this episode. Mm-hmm. We're definitely more condensed than six episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's good though. Yeah. All right. So like you said, she was born on May 4th, 1982. She was the fourth child of Frederick and Lori Murray. She had an older brother, Fred, two older sisters, Kathleen and Julie, and a younger brother named Kurt. She was raised in an Irish Catholic household, and when she was six, her parents divorced, and Murray primarily lived with her mother. She graduated from Whitman Hanson Regional High School and received star athletes on the school's track team. Um, and I know from the documentary that she was also a really skilled basketball player, mm, yeah. um, an honor student, mm-hmm. got a super high score on SATs, just like an all-around like smart, mm-hmm. athletic person. Yeah, She was getting offers to ivy league schools Mm -hmm. like harvard but she was accepted into the united states military academy in west point where she studied chemical engineering for three semesters which is a hard school to get into hundred (laughs) thousand percent and her older sister julie also went there okay so after her freshman year she transferred to the university of massachusetts amherst to start studying nursing Mm -hmm. and like her and her sister julie were on the track team together i think Mm -hmm. at west point um i know for sure in high school yeah but they were just two sisters who competed um there's a big thing about like their dad pushing them Mm -hmm. and and, like there's different arguments about that like if he pushed them too hard Mm -hmm. or if he was just one of those dads that wanted them to succeed and so he's like why don't you guys go out running like it's Mm -hmm. it's unclear how much of quote-unquote he pushed yeah them yeah you don't know and, like, for every person, it's different if they're pushed yeah. too hard or if it, like, affects their life in a negative way or a positive yeah. way. Yeah. Do you have any more on that? Not her early life. Um, I have in... So, this is before her disappearance. Mm-hmm. She did get into some trouble while at the University of Massachusetts. on In November of 2003, this was three months before she disappeared, Murray admitted to using stolen credit cards to order food from several restaurants including one in Hadley, Massachusetts, and was charged was consent continued in December, but was dismissed after being good and mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know of any other things on her record that she, she was in trouble for. She also that. stole from 
uh, Fort Knox. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she stole, I think, like a lipstick and a bottle of nail polish. Ooh, okay. And um, when she went up, like in front of the judge, he was like, if you can stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. I think it was if you could stay out of trouble for three months. It was either three months or three weeks. Mm-hmm. It was, I'll drop these from your record and they won't be on okay. your record. Yeah, so, so she, she definitely had something. Yeah, so she did get in trouble for different mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, minor things, so, like, let alone, but, um. Yeah, yeah, and, like, with that stealing one, in the documentary, they talked to the friend that she was with at Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, after she talked to the military police and all this stuff, she asked her, like, why, why would you do that? Why, mm-hmm. you know, why are you stealing a bottle of nail polish? Yeah. And I guess Murray was like, I don't know. Like, I had the money to pay for it. I don't know why I mm-hmm. did that. Just, like, an impulse thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we, um, at least I didn't find any, um, like, underlying psycho- psychological diagnoses with her. No, I didn't. Um, nothing. Just people sometimes guess that she had a problem with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, there's nothing really. Yeah, I think alcoholism was in the family. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And just the events leading up to her disappearance. Mm-hmm. So on the evening of February 5th, 2004, she spoke on the phone with her older sister Kathleen when she was on duty at her campus security job. They were discussing Kathleen's relationship problems with her fiancé, and around 10.30, while still on her shift, apparently Mora burst into tears. Mm-hmm. So she was so bad that her supervisor arrived at her desk, and was quoted as saying she was just completely zoned out, no reaction at all, and she was unresponsive. Mm-hmm. So her supervisor ended up leading her back to her dorm room around 1.20 a.m., and when the supervisor asked her what was wrong, she only said, my sister. Mm-hmm. So until October 2017, the contents of this call remained unknown when Kathleen publicly explained the conversation. So apparently Kathleen was a recovering alcoholic and had been discharged from a rehabilitation clinic that evening and on the way home her fiance had taken her to a liquor store which caused her to have an emotional mm-hmm. breakdown um i'm yeah. wondering if that uh it couldn't have been because i was gonna say i wonder if that publicly finally thing is from the documentary but i think the mm-hmm. documentary came out in 2017 okay so i yeah. don't think it would have been the same one yeah i don't know when she this is, like, the first thing in this case that seems suspicious to me. Yeah. Her sister's sure. weird. Yeah, I, I didn't watch that documentary, and I know you said that she kind of rubbed you the wrong way. Yeah, it was, it was really weird because she, I guess, before they had interviewed her. So, the person writing this documentary is an investigative journalist, mm-hmm. and she gets the help from a retired U.S. marshal. Mm-hmm. Like, he has worked with cops and okay there's they like show like a picture of him shaking george bush's hand mm. like he's like super high yeah up. and so they're investigating and they're talking mm-hmm. to all these people involved in like the case and everything and it took them a really long time to get kathleen to say yes to being interviewed mm-hmm. and when they did they knew that she was going to be such a big piece that they actually got in a, a professional um, interview person to okay. watch her body language yeah to watch uh, like her tone like mm-hmm. and those things like that and just like during the interview and i don't know if this is from her alcoholism mm-hmm. or what but she was like she kept staring off into space mm-hmm. she kept just like doing super weird things and mm-hmm. even like i watched that episode with my dad because i told my dad i need to watch this documentary so i started to rewatch it with him and he mm-hmm. was like 
something's like not right yeah and it and it seemed like she was trying really hard not to i don't know like catch herself in a lie yeah like watching her words yeah it was like she didn't want to incriminate herself Mm -hmm. so it was super weird yeah um but it's yeah like i like i said i didn't watch her actually interview but I actually, I did see one clip of her interviewing, but it was, like, right after Maura's disappearance mm-hmm. when, like, the news was yeah. asking her questions with her fiancé, I think, right next to her. And it's just, one, it's weird to me that it took her so long to just say what the call was about. That's, yeah. like, such a big part of the case. And if you're really worried about where your sister is and want to help find her, like, why wouldn't, like, what she's saying, you know, isn't a huge thing, like, it's not incriminating her at all or anyone else. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't she tell them earlier? So that makes me think yeah, it's not the truth. And then also, um, I understand if, you know, if she's like a recovering alcoholic or still struggling, you know, with drinking alcohol, then I understand if she doesn't want to like make that a public thing. But also, I don't know. It's like, you know, I understand why she would be like weird about it, yeah, but, but I also, it- it's like your family. Right. Too. It's like if I had to, if my brother was missing mm-hmm. and I had to publicly say something about myself, yeah. that would not be good, but it would help find him. Mm-hmm. 100,000% I would do. Yeah. No, no hesitation. Yeah. And just Mora's reaction, like being zoned out. And like, I just, I mean, you know, I don't know their dynamics as sisters, but it just seems like there was something worse yeah. than just her going to a liquor store, which mm-hmm. I understand is a huge thing for an alcoholic, like if they were doing that. Right. But. I don't know. It just seems like a weird reaction to it. Yeah. And like the whole thing with the phone call was it was such a big deal because apparently Kathleen was like the black sheep of the family. Mm -hmm. So with how much trouble Maura was getting in, Mm -hmm. the investigative journalist, her name is, I can't think her first name is Maggie, but I can't Mm -hmm. think of what her last name is. She was, she made the comment of she's, if she's, having all these problems she's going to confide in the black sheep of her family because Mm -hmm. the black sheep of the family isn't going to judge you for things they can relate to something you're going through yeah right so i don't know that phone call is just weird Mm -hmm. it is definitely weird. because if you're freaking out that bad that your supervisor has to walk you back home Mm -hmm. that's bad yeah yeah it seems like something crazy has happened like in the family or and like if there really was a death in the family that would make more sense to her reaction like how she said yeah. Oh, I'm leaving because there's, there's death, death in my, in my family. family. Yeah. If that that would make more sense, her reaction would make more sense to something like that mm-hmm. to me. But yeah, weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. So on Saturday, February 7th, which is it's two days after the phone call and it's two days before she goes missing. Mm-hmm. Her father, Fred, arrives in Amherst, I think just to like visit and stuff. Yeah. Um, he told investigators that he and Murray went car shopping that afternoon and um so she went oh and went to dinner Mm -hmm. and then she dropped her dad off at his motel and borrowed his toyota corolla and returned to campus to attend a dorm party Mm -hmm. she which which is weird to me too because i don't i figured you're gonna go on to the party stuff correct yeah just say just okay cool well so like one his dad's toyota corolla was like a new car yeah like brand new freaking car and he's letting her bring it when she's planning on drinking at a party and like obviously we don't know like the whole thing like if he knew she's like going to drink and like 
bring the car back to him or mm-hmm. whatever. But I don't know. It's just weird to me that he like let I, her borrow yeah. his brand new car. I also feel like it's weird that she would go to a party when her dad's visiting. Yeah, I feel I like mean, I feel like if I'm at college and my parents come to mm-hmm. visit, I'm not gonna drop them off at their hotel and yeah. then go to a party. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's me. Or like, why couldn't he like? I'm assuming she lives on campus. So why didn't he, like, drop her off, say, like, oh, just stay at your place tonight. We can meet up again tomorrow for breakfast or whatever yeah. it is. And, like, I don't know. It was just a weird thing to be like, here's my car. I want you to come back tonight with it if you're playing it. Like, why would she leave at, like, 10 o'clock at night? What else should we, where should we, would she be going like, on a weekend? She'd pro- she's going, like, yeah. she's she 21 years she's old. she's going she's, to a party. Yeah, she's 21 years old in college. She's going yeah, to a party. so... It's just weird to me that he, like, allowed. That. Yeah, that is weird. So she arrives at the party at ten thirty p.m. and at two thirty a.m. on Saturday, February eighth, she leaves the party. At three thirty a.m., when she was en route to her father's motel, she struck a guardrail on Route Nine in Hadley and caused nearly ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars worth of damage <laughs> on a to, brand new car. To yeah, to her <laughs> father's new car. Um. And so, during the documentary, uh, somebody makes the point that she, well, one of the theories is that she packed up and left on her own. Mm -hmm. And the backing behind this theory is, you know, she, the judge said, if you can stay out of trouble, Mm -hmm. then we'll, we'll be good. Yeah. yeah. But she was probably going to get cited for this accident. Mm -hmm. And so, that could give the judge reason not to take those you know little stolen things yeah. off of her record yeah and so especially maybe, if she's drunk like right but there was no sobriety test yeah i know but we're which assuming is she drank me. at the i'm assuming at least like she's drinking at the party yeah drove back you know hit a guard guardrail just like because she's probably a little inebriated and it's bizarre that they didn't do a sobriety test yeah but well at least it's not documented so we have no idea yeah that's true so but if there was but if she did do a sobriety test and she was drunk mm-hmm. then she would have been arrested yeah well you would think like yeah. who knows i don't know the dynamics of this town and you know she could yeah. potentially have known the cop that pulled her over That's or they true. can know that the trouble she's been in the past she's like i really can't get in trouble again i'll do whatever yeah. just like so like you don't know and this could relate to the case as a whole like if she made someone mad or you know who knows yeah. That's like, true. so but it's yeah. just an unknown thing that's true and, like, the idea is that um, she knew she was going to get side for this. Maybe the judge wasn't going to take those things off. So, yeah. I'm just going to run away and mm-hmm. figure it out and, yeah. you know, whatever. So, she drove to her father's motel and stayed in his room for the rest of the morning. Mm-hmm. At 5.49 a.m., there was a cell phone call placed to her boyfriend from Fred's phone. Mm-hmm. And it's still unknown who the participants and the content of the phone call was about, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, that's it. So, there's a couple parts of this this part of the case that interests me. One, well, like, also you have to be remember this is the time where cell phones are a thing, but not, like, how they are right, now. Right, They're, like, I don't even think razors were out at this time. Like, they were, like, these little, like, oh, dang, Nokia's probably that they're using. So, they don't have as much access to, you know, these records and mm-hmm. what conversations are about. But one thing I was watching on, I think it was Kendall Ray's, like, on YouTube, her talking about the case. A lot of people are wondering why, so her dad claims he doesn't even, didn't hear her come in in the middle of the night, like, when she came home. 
and in the morning uh, she ended up telling him about the accident she was right. in whatever so like people question okay why did he not know why did how did he not hear her come into the room and there's like been people have looked into the motel he was staying at mm-hmm. most rooms are just single beds um so they're assuming that they like had to share a bed so he would feel like he would wake up they're assuming to her getting in bed I which is not like a hundred percent i don't agree with that i feel well, yeah. like i as a 21 year old girl would mm-hmm. not crawl into bed with my dad well, I, would sleep I know on the floor. Exa- well, yeah, that's true too. So like, if he was completely knocked out, I yeah. mean, there have been times where like mm-hmm. I'm sleeping and I don't hear Kyle get up and like go to the bathroom yeah. and stuff. No, I understand that. Which because I sleep through like whatever too. Yeah. Like I don't hear John come to bed. But also, there's people say that she didn't have a key to the room. So there's I don't know where this information is coming from. This was just mentioned in her uh-huh. Kendall talking about this, but. She said that Maura didn't have a key to the room. So either she had to tell the person at the front desk, hey, I don't have a key to my room, but I need to get in, which would be weird if, like, the manager's just like, yeah, sure, like, let you well, in a random room. the same last name. Yeah. It could be yeah. like, this is my dad. But also, I still don't know if it's allowed. Like, maybe he kicked her out for a re- Like, you know, who, who's uh, the manager yeah, to know? Yeah, but true. also, or she knocked on the door and he, the dad had to let her in. So, like, that, either that happened. Yeah. Um, but like I've definitely done yeah. things in the middle of the night that I don't remember. Yeah, I know. It's just weird. That's just another thing that people yeah. are like. It's just like a weird like. Either someone's not telling the truth, or it's just like uh, like maybe that's right. really how it happened. Who knows? Um, and then also for Mora's boyfriend, apparently. So like obviously we don't know what the phone calls were about, but her friend said that their relationship wasn't the best mm-hmm. at the time. Apparently, they were both, like, sleeping with other people or seeing other people. And Mora was potentially, they, it was rumored that she was sleeping with her track coach, actually. Oh, why didn't hear that? So, it's not, you know, confirmed or anything. No one ever, but that's one of the things that they think was, like, creating turmoil mm-hmm. in uh, their relationship. So Yeah, her sisters are both interviewed in this documentary, and they, and they both have, like, this agreement that, so the boyfriend's name is billy and they both mm-hmm. have this idea that billy was not like the best person in yeah. the entire world which is weird though too because they were they've been they were together for a while mm-hmm. and billy's family was like really close with mora and like thought of her as like you know they were gonna get married mm-hmm. and like had they were really close did a lot for the investigation after so it's just like i don't know an interesting yeah dynamic and like julie said that he that billy like she would go out to dinner with them mm-hmm. and more would just be sitting there and billy would just be flirting with waitresses mm. like right in front of her and stuff yeah so and there was also rumors, maybe it was open a relationship who knows? yeah who knows but there was also rumors that um billy got accused of um sexual assault at his mm-hmm. job that's interesting yeah i yeah. didn't know that now uh, accusations are different from yeah like if it's stuff. not so especially I don't not looked into as much I right we don't know so like i don't know but yeah okay but that's that's a little bit on billy yeah he's interesting too (laughs) so later that sunday morning fred murray learned about the damaged vehicle Mm -hmm. and that it would be covered by his auto insurance so he rented a car dropped her back off at the university and departed to connecticut Mm -hmm. at 11 30 that night fred called his daughter to remind her to get the accident forms from the registry of motor vehicles and they both agreed to talk again Monday night to discuss the forms and fill out the insurance claims over the phone. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nothing really yeah. weird to me about yeah. it. 
that's such a dad thing yeah like you need to get this but yeah. then i'll help you fill you're, them out you're the one that did it so you but i'll help you fill it out yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah all right so now we get to the night well the day of her disappearance monday february 9th so after midnight murray used her so this is like early morning mm-hmm. on monday uh, Murray used her personal computer to search MapQuest, throwback to MapQuest, oh, for directions to the Berkshires. Oh yeah, that MapQuest. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was looking for directions to Berkshires and Burlington, Vermont. The first reported contact Murray had with anyone on that day she disappeared was at 1 p.m. when she emailed her boyfriend. This is quote, I love you more, stud. I got your messages, but honestly, I didn't feel like talking too much of anyone. I promised to call today, though. Love you, Mora. So, she did send an email mm-hmm. to her boyfriend that day. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem like there was any, like, anger or aggression behind it. Yeah. You know, obviously something was wrong. I got your messages. Didn't feel like talking to anyone. Mm-hmm. And that could be what her phone call with the sister. It could be the accident that she's, like, yeah. distressed about. Yeah. She's had a, she had a rough couple days lately. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of things going on. Turmoil in her relationship. She just didn't want to talk to anyone. But that's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. She also made a phone call inquiring about renting a condominium at the same barlet in new hampshire where her family had vacationed in the past telephone records indicate the call lasted approximately three minutes and the owner didn't rent the condo to murray so she actually didn't go through with any of that um, but at 1 13 p.m murray called a fellow nursing student and we don't know what she was discussing at the time um but could be anything could mm-hmm. be homework could be that she's going to be out of town supposedly for a week so at 1 24 p.m so she's making a lot of calls within one o'clock like of that day uh, murray emailed a work supervisor at the nursing school and said she'd be out of town for a week due to a death in her family although like we said no one in her family died so we know that she was not at least going out of town to mm-hmm. for a death in her family she also said she would contact them when she was back so she said like a week, but then she's like, oh, I'll let you know when I get back. Kind of weird timeline. Mm-hmm. 2.05 p.m., Murray called a number which provides recorded information about booking hotels in Stowe, Vermont. And the call lasted approximately five minutes. So she's calling around, obviously wants to go somewhere in Vermont. And like, you know, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, they're all close mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. So she obviously wants to get away, which seems. And we... As far as we know, no one else was going with her or, like, planning to go with her. 2.18, she telephoned her boyfriend and left a voice message promising him that they would talk later after that only lasted a minute. It was only a voicemail. In her car, Murray had packed clothing, toiletries, college textbooks, and birth control pills. And when her room room was later searched, campus police discovered most of her belongings (laughs) were actually packed up in boxes and art was removed from the walls. So it did seem like she was going somewhere for a significant amount of time, either moving somewhere mm-hmm. or, and you know, there's a lot of things going on. Maybe she was thinking about moving back home because of her sister's problems or whatever it may be. Um, it did seem like she was ready to go, but she also didn't bring that stuff with her wherever she was going. So obviously right. she, we assume that she was coming back to it, right. thinking she would come back And to there it. was like the idea during the documentary of like, it was only the beginning of February. Yeah. Maybe she just didn't unpack. Yeah, when that's she, true. When she came mm-hmm. in January yeah. for the semester. And, like, I don't... I think she had a roommate, as far as I can see from, like, these things, that mm-hmm. was, like, oh, she was acting weird, packing up things. Like, there's yeah. no, like, information like that. Right. So. so maybe she just never unpacked. Yeah. And, like, with the birth control pills, I just want to mm-hmm. go back to those for a second. Yeah. So James Renner. James Renner is a author. 
and he had a huge beef with the Murray family because he mm-hmm. wrote a book and he all of his like conspiracy not all of his conspiracy theories but some of his conspiracy theories like in the documentary I'm like mm, you're mm-hmm. like really stretching yeah. there dude but like the family doesn't like him like there's mm. there's just beef between yeah. them and stuff because he paints people in a really bad way mm-hmm. and he he accuses her dad of molesting her oh yeah so when there's, there's like, like no there's evidence no, of yeah that. there's nothing like yeah. that so one of his theories mm-hmm. is that he claims that the police thought she was pregnant mm-hmm. i ha- did hear that theory, yeah, yeah because in her computer history they found mm-hmm. things about like babies and maternity and things yeah. like that but she packed birth control in the car and there were pills missing Mm -hmm. so it seems like she's taking them still right and they interviewed one of her friends she went to nursing school with and uh they told they like asked her would would she have been Mm -hmm. pregnant and she was like no she Mm -hmm. goes she probably has that stuff on her computer because we were in our maternity class Mm, yeah so she was probably looking up stuff for homework and you know as a girl that's like sexually active in her 20s she could have a pregnancy scare or right. whatever and just look up things or I mean, be like we're doing this podcast imagine if someone looked up our search yeah yeah like it looks really bad weird, yeah but so, yeah it's definitely yeah so another thing with this friend that she went to nursing school with mm-hmm. her friend makes the comment that because you know there's the idea that she was running away she wasn't going to be back yeah there's theories that she that she went to go um complete suicide mm-hmm. but her friend was like she emailed her nursing homework yeah. She's like, I know that if I mm-hmm. knew I wasn't going to be back, the last thing I would be doing is my nursing homework yeah, and turning it in. It. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And too. like, why would you bring your birth control pills and like, you know, if you're planning on ending your life mm-hmm. or if you're pregnant, like, why would you need yeah. that? Just like, whatever, leave that behind. Yeah. They also found a lot of boxes of sleeping pills. Mm. Yeah. But that, I don't know if those were prescribed to her or not but it could be but i mean problem they were there she didn't take them it's not like they were oh yeah it's not like they were empty bottles of yeah of sleeping pills Mm -hmm. um i don't know just another unknown thing yeah it's weird um i have so i didn't hear this anywhere else besides wikipedia and as you know wikipedia can be weird Mm -hmm. about things but on top of the boxes in her room was a printed email of murray's boyfriend indicating trouble in their relationship so i don't know what that says i don't know if it's not true yeah um because that was the only place i heard it supposedly there's trouble in the relationship which friends had already told you know mm-hmm. investigators after but who knows what it was about yeah so around 3 30 p.m is when mora left campus in her black 1996 saturn sedan and classes at the university that day were actually canceled due to snow so weather was pretty bad mm-hmm. um the day she left at 3 40 p.m murray withdrew 280 dollars, which is almost her whole bank account at the atm and footage does show that she was she did withdraw that money and no one was with her it's funny with that footage because the documentary mentions that that footage was never released of Mm. the atm which like you see all the time people are like well this guy was last seen at this atm and then they show like the little black and white camera that stuff was never released Hmm. So, so it just said that, that she was there. Yeah. And then during the documentary, they mm-hmm. actually get it from the police mm-hmm. and they show the family. And she is there by herself. Mm-hmm. But it's just like super weird that they didn't release it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I and it's not weird. like that's like a huge thing to see someone take out money at the ATM. Right. Like it's not like right. dumping a body somewhere. Like it's not like anything crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. Just get money. Yeah. 
Um, and then also close to after she withdrew the money from the ATM at a nearby liquor store, Murray purchased forty dollars worth of alcohol, including Bailey's, Kahlua, vodka, and a box of Franzia wine. Again, security footage shows. She was alone when she made these purchases. I don't know if that footage was ever released or not. I don't know. But that alcohol was found in her car, I believe. So mm-hmm. it is like she had that with her. Yeah. And it speculates she was drinking and driving, mm-hmm. but we don't know. Yeah. At some point, she also picked up the accident report forms from the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles. So all this is just interesting because, you know, there is that the theory that she was going to kill herself. You know, that's why she was trying to get away. But one, why would she buy alcohol? Maybe to use that in some way but it just sounds like you know maybe she wants to go on a trip by herself to me it's like okay she's looking at places in vermont to go stay maybe she just wants to get away from everyone Mm -hmm. go spend some time like drink alcohol whatever Mm -hmm. it is and then why would she also pick up the accident report form if that's and turn in her nursing homework yeah like that's just not stuff that people are doing that are planning on ending their lives i would i would think i don't know i mean i'm it's like in that state it's also like interesting though because they say that a lot of people who are going to kill themselves get their lives in order Mm -hmm. so it could be she packed her stuff so no one else had Had to to. do it yeah she was getting the accident reports Mm -hmm. and was gonna maybe fill them out so they were done for her dad so like that kind of went through my mind too of Mm -hmm. like I'm going to make things in order so yeah. people don't have to deal with this after I'm gone. Yeah. And then maybe the alcohol, you know, you get drunk and maybe it gets a little easier because mm-hmm. if she not... had sleeping pills. Like right. Because then thing. you're not really thinking about what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. We don't have any answers for it. It's just yeah. all speculation. Mm-hmm. So then between 4 and 5 p.m., she left Amherst, presumably via Interstate 91 North. Again, I don't know the area well. I don't know where the heck that is. But at 4.37, she called to check her voicemail, and that's the last time it was recorded that she used her cell phone at all. So back then, if you don't already know, you had to call your voicemail. Like, you couldn't just hit, like, on your iPhone to listen to your voicemail. You yeah. had to call on a certain number to listen to your I think it was, voicemail. like, speed dial one. Yeah, it was, like, yeah. I remember even doing that when I had an iPhone. Like, you had to call like you know whatever number or call yourself to hear it or whatever um so to this date there's no indication anyone knew of her destination Mm -hmm. or evidence that she had even chosen one because we have those records that she was calling places in vermont but no place actually confirmed her coming to stay there so we have no idea where she was going or why she was going there obviously somewhere she was driving Mm -hmm. away from her school um, and not towards her home so and like that was the other thing if she was going to like check on kathleen Mm -hmm. she's not driving in the same direction where kathleen is yeah yeah she's not going anywhere where people knew like oh this is on the way to this person's house or this area like yeah because you know if she was going to claim that oh i am i'm going to say there's Mm -hmm. a death in the family because that'll get me out of work and Mm -hmm. school without being penalized instead of just saying oh i'm going to visit my sister Mm -hmm. because i'm nervous yeah but you're not driving in the same direction as your sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And so when her car, when she gets in the accident, she is in New Hampshire. So it is, she's going towards Vermont where we suspected she was going, you know, from Massachusetts, mm-hmm. New Hampshire's in between and then Vermont. So it does seem like she's going that, that way. Yeah. So sometime after 7 p.m., Woodsville, New Hampshire resident heard a loud thump outside of her house. Through her window, she could see a car up against the snowbank along Route 112, which is also known as Wild Ammonasuk Road. I <laughs> yeah. just butchered that. 
the car was pointed west on the eastbound side of the road, which that would mean she's on the opposite on side. the opposite side. So she pro- it seems like she spun out or something. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's I've possible. Oh, and I've done that. it's bad weather. It was snow. Her school was closed. Yeah, for weather. She's in a snowbank, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's definitely it's understandable. Not as fun. Yeah. So the woman called the Grafton County Sheriff's at 727 to report the accident. Mm-hmm. And according to the 911 log, the woman claimed to have seen a man smoking a cigarette inside the car. However, she later stated that she had not seen a man nor a person smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. but rather had seen what happened to be a red light glowing from the car, which could have been a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I had that highlighted as like, oh, it's like a suspicious thing, but it's actually like, I feel like understandable to misconstrue the two. And yeah. if you see. We can't post put a picture of, like, the road as we could, like, on a YouTube video or something. But, yeah, it's, like, one side of the road is all, like, wooded. Mm-hmm. And the other side has, like, this, you know, a couple it's like houses. like, the neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, especially, I don't know if it's snowing at the time, but if it is, it's hard to see, you know, from across a road. Yeah, and it's dark. Yeah, dark out, and so... You, seeing yeah that's why when light. people are like how come nobody saw her like disappear it's like it's dark if yeah. i look out my window right now especially mm-hmm. if i have my lights on mm-hmm. i can't see anything yeah and like if someone got in a car accident outside my house i i mean me i'm like scared to death of everything so i probably wouldn't go out and be like let me help you like I me mean, i would get like yeah. my husband and other people if i needed to go out but yeah i saw Speaking of, let me help you. <laughs> when I was driving home from work today, I saw a guy on the side of the road trying to get, like, a giant couch or something, like, in his, like, From, the like, back. someone was throwing away? I don't know. Oh. I think I think he was driving a truck, and then he had one of those trailers on the back, mm-hmm. and I think the couch was in pieces oh. to transfer, and I think one of them fell off, and he was, like, struggling to get it back, and I was oh. like, oh, I'm not stopping No, help I'm not helping him. <laughs> like, no, that's, yeah. like, Ted Bundy stuff. Can you help me? Get my look at my arm in the cast. Yeah. Can you help me? anyway yeah. sorry that just made me no yeah that. yeah so i wouldn't be the one to be like running out there no. in my robe at night Absolutely to help someone not. um nope. but she called the cops like she should mm-hmm. so it is i can see how it could be like oh i thought it was a guy smoking but oh I, it probably was just like a cell phone yeah. or a car charger or something like that right right so at about the same time another neighbor saw the car as well as someone walking around the vehicle and she also witnessed a third neighbor pull alongside the car so this third neighbor was a school bus driver who was returning home and noticed the young woman was not bleeding or visibly injured, but that she was cold and shivering. Mm-hmm. And he also says that she didn't seem to be impaired. Mm-hmm. So that's what also makes me think maybe she wasn't drunk, mm-hmm. but people still think she was drunk. But he was like, no, she was yeah. just shaken up mm-hmm. because she just got into a, an accident. Yeah. But also, like, if you're drinking and driving or and hit something like in an accident, you're immediately like sobered up a little bit just because of the adrenaline Mm -hmm. of that's what happened so that could also be a cause of if she was drinking even just a little or whatever but also we must point out that we can't 100 percent be sure that this man's like what he's saying is correct a lot of people think he has something to do with it which we could talk about later okay so he offers to call for help but she begs him not to call the police and that she had already called triple A. But mm-hmm. the bus driver knew this was a lie because there's no cell service where she was at. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that she could have called anybody. Yeah. So when he returned home, he called the police. The call was received by the sheriff's department at 743. Mm-hmm. So like 20 minutes after, mm-hmm. almost 20 minutes after the first call that was from the woman across the street. Right. And who knows if she's, you know, she said she saw the a man like them pull up and help her it's like yeah you think like 
oh that guy's helping her like probably good yeah. like someone's going out to help her but the lady's probably not watching like out her window the whole time like wonder what's gonna happen like oh i would well yeah maybe we would but like obviously because see i'm paranoid so if i see yeah. a young woman at night by oh, herself yeah. oh i'm watching out no, that window yeah. and it's just like i mean maybe she even knows the neighbor like she might yeah. be like oh that's butch that's his name yeah. down the street he's nice like yeah. he'll he'll help her out yeah. and not really think much about it right you know right so he was unable to see the car while he made the call but he did notice several cars pass the road before the police arrived it's it is a busy road there are mm-hmm. cars that pass all the time yeah another local resident who was driving home from work claims that she passed the scene around seven thirty-seven. And saw a police SUV parked face-to-face with her car. Mm-hmm. She pulled over briefly, but did not see anyone inside or outside the cars, and decided to continue home. Mm-hmm. So the claims that the witness stated contradict the police official log, mm-hmm. which has the police arriving nine minutes later. So yeah. this is a big conspiracy thing, and yeah. I'm just going to say it now. So this woman claims they call her witness A. Mm-hmm. Like she was staying hidden for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was a lot of suspicion around the police mm-hmm. during this entire investigation. Like people think that they botched it, that they're hiding something, mm-hmm. that there's just like really weird stuff going on. So the thing with this SUV, so the first officer on site was Cecil Smith. Mm-hmm. And he stated that he was driving SUV 001. So the thing with SUV 001 was that's usually the sheriff's vehicle. Mm-hmm. So this woman claimed that she saw SUV 001. Mm-hmm. But there was no report that the sheriff was actually on the scene. And yeah. during the documentary, he even says, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And, and like, the car, I think the police car that is like logged of showing up at like 746 was just like a standard police sedan right Right. so that's the one that shows up presumably later which is why it doesn't match this witness's Mm -hmm. statement yeah so she says that oh i saw the police car nose to nose with her Mm -hmm. car it was zero zero one and they even called her back days later and Mm -hmm. was like are you sure it was zero zero one which she thought it was super weird yeah like they didn't call to be like can you give us a little bit more Mm -hmm. information no it was like are you sure it was SUV 001, yeah. which is usually what the sheriff drives? Yeah. And so they think that's super weird. Mm-hmm. It's definitely weird if you're if you're just a random person driving, you're like, yeah, I mean, I was driving there around like 737 yeah. and saw just the SUV police car. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't think much about it. You're just saying like what you saw. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just, yeah. I would be, we- I would be weirded out too if they were like, are you sure this is yeah. the exact car you saw? 001. Like, and you're like, I'm like, pretty yes. sure. <laughs> And so when Cecil Smith gets interviewed by Maggie, the um, the investigative journalist, mm-hmm. he says that he was driving 001. Mm-hmm. And so then she asks the sheriff, like, in a different interview, mm-hmm. like, is 001 primarily your vehicle? And he was like, no. He's like, I don't have an assigned vehicle. Mm-hmm. But to me, it makes sense that the, that the chief would drive 001. The specific car. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he would drive car number one. Yeah. But Cecil's the one that came to the scene. Yeah. But it's it was a police sedan that came to the scene, not Right. The, the cars don't match yeah. up with what this witness mm-hmm. says. So, that's super bizarre, and so that's why a lot of people think mm-hmm. that the police, like, were hiding things, mm-hmm. because this witness's statement doesn't match mm-hmm. the police report or 
you know, the mm-hmm. car. The cars don't even yeah. match. So Cecil's saying, yeah, I drove the SUV there. Yeah, Cecil's saying he drove was... 001. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Which know Which doesn't that match thing, the police yeah. logs, and it doesn't match the timeline. The time, yeah. Yeah. And thinking, like, oh, I drove by, but I didn't even see anyone in either car. That's weird, right? Like, yeah, that's weird to not see anything. Yeah, like, you would see at least a car, like, them talking outside or talking in a car, right. and the lights would most likely be on in the car that they're talking right. in. Right, and I would so. think that, and, and I don't know but if they were or not, but wouldn't the police have his hazards on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, yeah, lights or hazards yeah. or something. yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That's just, like, something that was mm-hmm. super weird to me. Yeah. When I read that, you know, that she saw the SUV car, I was thinking maybe she just thought it was a police SUV. You know, there's, you know, car types that... Yeah, the Ford Explorers yeah, all like, look like police. I'm, yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, oh my god, it's a cop. Yeah. Like, no, it's not a cop. So, like, you don't... I don't obviously know what if mm-hmm. she's specifically saying, like, oh, I saw, like, a car with a police lights that was an SUV. Or if she just saw a car similar to it that was parked near it. Mm-hmm. But what also throws me off is, at least I didn't see anything that showed, that talked about, like, track marks. Like, I'm like, okay, she's off, of, like, on a snowbank. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously she's going to have, it's snowing, or mm-hmm. it was snowing. Mm-hmm. You're going to see, like, car marks. So was there car marks showing that it was nose to nose, like, with, oh, you know, point. like, that's what I think about. I'm like... That's a good point. Yeah, like, are there other track marks? And I guess the bus driver was there, so there could be multiple track marks in, like, around mm-hmm. there, but I don't know. There's a lot of things, it's, you know? It's weird. Yeah. So the car had impacted the tree on the driver's side, and it was severely damaging. The left headlight was damaged, and the car's radiator into the van, which rendered it inoperable. The car's windshield was also cracked on the driver's side, mm-hmm. and both airbags were deployed. Mm-hmm. So, inside and outside the car, the police officer had discovered red stains that looked like to be red wine, which, of course, I'm like, red wine or blood? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you test it? Yeah. Or did you smell it? Did you smell it? Did you smell it? <laughs> Just gonna sniff it. Don't know if it's blood or wine. I'm gonna smell Sniff-it. it. <laughs> um, inside the car, the officer found an empty beer bottle and a damaged box of Franzia wine on the rear seat. Mm-hmm. And another interesting thing was the car was locked. Yeah. Which is exactly, intri- which is weird. Well, that's a that's a theory that I have later. We we'll talk about why it's locked and stuff. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, um. Oh, I was gonna say. So the police also found that there was a rag stuffed oh, into the yeah. muffler, and I didn't read about this till like even after this part. So I think I got this information the same one you're reading off Wikipedia, but there was a rag stuffed in the muffler. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, so supposedly people did that to, um, like, help certain, like, if the car wasn't running well, whatever. It was just, like, a weird thing to do sometimes, I guess. And her dad said, even before anyone told him anything about, like, what was found in the car or, you know, anything like that, he said, oh, if you find a rag stuffed in the muffler, I told her to do that Mm because her car wasn't running well. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't he know. He says that in the document. Yeah, it's like because they weird. Like, yeah, because they thought it was super weird. Yeah. So they originally thought that someone maybe had stuffed it in there on one of her stops mm-hmm. and like broke had, the car down or something. Yeah, well, I heard someone say say that they thought it may have had, um, what's the, chloroform, like oh. soaked it in chloroform so then it would make her like oh. loopy i don't know if they tested the rag or anything but someone said that. yeah 
so like maggie in the documentary and the um and the investigator's name i think his name is art um so they did a test with a mechanic so Mm -hmm. this mechanic is an expert on saturn cars and Mm -hmm. he rigged their test car to drive exactly like murray's Mm -hmm. so they stuffed a rag in the tailpipe and the the rag flew out when the car started to pick up speed so that takes the theory away that somebody had stuffed it in there to like mess with her so she did it probably when she crashed was their thinking that she stuffed it in there or I, what i don't know but don't like know. her dad then she couldn't have driven with it if she did it right earlier. so that's where i was like i don't get this part yeah but when they asked fred her dad like can do you have any idea what this could be for mm-hmm. he was like yeah i told her to do that mm-hmm. because it wasn't a good car and she's and he thought he was afraid that she was going to get pulled over mm-hmm. for driving this crappy car yeah and i'm thinking that a lot of smoke would just mm. come out of her tailpipe yeah and so he was afraid that she was going to get pulled over for it. So he's gotcha. like, just stuff a rag in there and yeah. it'll be fine. Okay. So, yeah. So who knows? But that's just one. The dad obviously knew about it beforehand, yeah. whether it's maliciously or not. Right. Like some people think it is. Some people not. He knew about it. Right. And because they asked, like, do you know why there would be a rag in the yeah. pipe? And he goes, yeah, me. Yeah. I told her. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? Which is a dad thing, I think. Like, that's such like, a dad thing. Yeah. Fix it up. Just stuff a rag in it. It's fine. That's such a dad thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So, uh, this police officer also found a triple A card that was issued to her mm-hmm. and the accident reports from the accident that she had a couple mm-hmm. days before with her dad's car. He found gloves, compact discs mm-hmm. or CDs <laughs> for all you young people. Yeah. Uh, makeup, diamond jewelry and driving directions to Vermont. Mm-hmm. She also found, he also found her favorite stuffed animal. And a book about mountain climbing in the White Mountains. Yeah. So. Seems like she's going on a trip. Yeah. And the place where she crashed was really close to the old, like, camping and hiking Mm. place that her family used to go. Yeah. So maybe she was stopping there, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'll spend the night just in my car or something, too. Yeah. Like, just stay there. And, And, like, visit, you know, a nice childhood place Mm -hmm. where they would vacation a lot. Which, again, may also play into the theory that she was going there Mm -hmm. to kill herself as like a place that gotcha, she felt comfortable yeah. and safe so yeah and she when she was doing looking at places to stay she was looking at places mm-hmm. they used to stay right when they would go on trips so right whether it's a getaway for just you know to go get away from mm-hmm. reality or not but. right her debit card and credit card and cell phones were also missing and none of them had ever been located or even used mm-hmm. since her disappearance mm-hmm so yeah. they discovered that some of the bottles of purchased alcohol were also missing mm-hmm which is an another thing like some of obviously the wines in there and some other bottles of alcohol were in there and um, but some are missing too so some people speculate like she tried to dump things in the woods or something think like thinking i'm gonna get in trouble if they find police end up coming to mm-hmm. my accident and find like you know empty bottles or whatever it is because right. she's already on thin ice for her accident her previous accident and like her credit card thing mm-hmm. and yeah. Can we go? Yeah, go Okay. Um, so, just a description of the the turn that she was on. So, journalist Joe McGee, who wrote for um, Quincy, Massachusetts, Patriot Ledger, said that the turn was a hairpin turn, um, and she went off the road there. Her car hit a tree. At that point, a person came along who was driving a bus. It was a neighbor. He asked her if she needed help. She refused. About 10 minutes later, police showed up. To the scene and Murray was gone. So that's basically all that was like released to the public mm-hmm. at the time this yeah. happened. 
Um, and it was like a pretty tight turn. I saw pictures of like the road. Like I said, it was like yeah, the woods. documentary shows it and stuff. Yeah, so I could see how someone would spin out. The roads are icy, and I don't think the ax to me the accident isn't suspicious really. No. Like I don't think it was planned. I don't think it was someone init like trying to get her to crash or anything like right. that. So, um, whether you're sober or yeah. not, if you go down a sharp turn, yeah, on snow, mm-hmm. yeah, from experience, <laughs> yeah. I've skidded, just skidded, is that the word? Yeah. Skidded Before, like, slipped on ice. I mean, I've been... Kara's... I've been in a ditch. And technically, like, she's facing the wrong way on the road, so she's on the left side of the mm-hmm. road. So she just slid over, you know, yeah. to the left side and right. went into that ditch. So it's not like she, like, flipped her whole... Like, her whole car didn't turn or anything. So right. it's very, you know, what typically you would think would happen. Just like a skid. Yeah. Yeah. So there is an alleged sighting... Uh, around between 8 and 9.30 of Murray. So a contractor returning home from Francione, Franconia, I don't know how to say it, saw a young person moving quickly on foot eastbound on Route 112, which was about four or five miles from where Murray's vehicle was. He noted that the young person was wearing jeans, a dark coat, a light-colored hoodie, um, but he didn't report it to police immediately, didn't really think much of it. Mm-hmm. And he also didn't realize it was the same night as a girl went missing. So three months later, I guess when he was reviewing his work records, he like reported that he spotted the young person that night mm-hmm. walking, but doesn't know if it was male or female, just kind of saw a figure in the night walking down the road. So four or five miles is pretty far too. And um, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but police dogs don't track her that far right. going. So. Right. It seems, like, unlikely that it was her, but who knows? You know, you don't know. So, a responding officer and the bus driver drove around the area searching for Murray. Just before 8 p.m., EMS and a fire truck arrived to clear the scene, and by 8.49, the car had been towed to a local garage. At 9.30, the responding officer left, so now no one's at the scene. Um, And a rag, the rag that was in her um, emergency roadside Kit. Oh, that's that's where I have the rag. I don't know why. It's like a rag. That rag was supposedly in her emergency roadside kit. And that's when they discovered it in the pipe. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> so I don't have a rag in my emergency kit. <laughs> her dad put her it dad in there. Put it there. Yeah. Did you say the bus driver was helping search? It just says, that's, it says that's weird the me. bus driver drove around. So I don't know if that is just a bus driver or if it's that guy. But that guy just creeps a lot of people out so who knows it's not i don't think he has anything to do with it Mm -hmm. but that's really weird that he would be like i'll help you because you know how like people who Mm -hmm. who are like the guilty person Mm -hmm. put themselves into the investigation yeah or they're like or like they help search for the body yeah that makes it suspicious if he was doing that that makes me feel weird i have like i mean i can talk about i guess i'll just talk about it now so they are, there are people that believe that Butch, who is the bus driver that stopped, mm-hmm. that lived right near where the crash site happened, um, that he's a part of, you know, that was had something to do with her um, going missing. So I did watch a video. I have the, the man's name now, Jason Hebert, who's on YouTube. I, he, I don't know any of his other videos. He just made a video about um, why he believes that the bus driver had something to do with it. So obviously the bus driver lived right next to where the crash site was couldn't Mm -hmm. see it from his house but lived right down the road so if you think 
someone comes if i get in a crash let's say and i'm not anxious me that wouldn't trust anyone you know um if someone comes by and says hey like he's a bus driver if he's driving a bus which i'm assuming he was driving his bus it's more i don't know a little comforting maybe to see like okay he's a bus driver he works like drives kids around you know like less intimidating and comes and says hey i'm literally like right down the road do you want to just come use my phone call whoever absolutely not well yeah (laughs) we would say no when i got my accident it was cold yeah and this guy who lived down the street Mm -hmm. (laughs) like pulled up in his pickup truck and Uh he was like did you call anybody i'm like yeah like my dad and my boyfriend are on Mm -hmm. their way and he he like got out of the car and his dog was in the car and i was just like standing on the side of the road and Mm -hmm. he was like He's like, oh, you can wait in my truck if you want. And I was like, <laughs> no, thanks. I was like, no, I'm like, I'll stay in the cold. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, he took off his coat and he like put mm-hmm. his coat on me, which yeah. was really nice. But I was like, I'm not getting in your car. And I like tell people that story and they're like, yeah. oh, my God, I would have gotten in the, in the <laughs> truck. I would have. No, I'd been like, I'll freeze. I'll I'm think. like, mm. that's why I was like, no, my my dad yeah. should be here soon. Yeah. I'd be like, I'll get in my car. That's tipped over. <laughs> that's <laughs> upside down. I'll get in there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not yeah. getting in that truck. No, I'm the same way. But, like, at the time, early 2000s, you know, still yeah. less awareness about these right, things. Right, right. Um, you know, there wasn't true crime addicts as much back then. No. My mom, probably, but that's that might be it. Um, and my grandma. So, um, she, this bus driver comes up, says, hey, I live, like, right there. You could probably, you almost can see my house or my driveway. And do you want to just come use the phone quick and you know, call your dad or boyfriend or whoever is coming to get you. And, um, like, logically, you might think, oh, that would make sense for her to do that. Just go and use this guy's phone and come back. Um, Because, one, she's worried about getting a DUI and already has, like, you know, is on thin ice with the police or whoever. Um, And also, she left some alcohol in the car, like we said. Mm Mm-hmm. And the car was locked, which makes you think she's locking the car intentionally to, like, come back to it or to come get the alcohol. Like, she left multiple things in the car besides her wallet, which makes sense. Like, if I left, I'd bring my wallet, I'd bring my phone, I'd bring my keys, right? Like, right. Like, leave all the other stuff in the car. Thinking, okay, I'm going to go use this guy's phone, come back, when get all my stuff from the car, whatever. So, people think that that happened mm-hmm. and that's why they can only track her scent so far so police dogs can only track her scent like a mile or something away yeah, from her. Yeah it's not very far because yeah. it loses it and the suspicion mm-hmm. is if they can't track it anymore she got in a car yeah. and was gone. Yeah exactly so that or maybe she went in this guy's house. I don't know where the scent if it was towards that guy's house or not. I don't not. think it was. Yeah so also he's the last person to see her alive and um, yeah people just think that like okay it makes sense for her to do that that's why she locked everything up but also i there was a whole comment under this guy's video that like kind of went back on like saying like no it doesn't make sense yeah so you assume that butch looks like a safe person which i've seen pictures of him i wouldn't think he looks like a safe person (laughs) no offense to butch but um also he's like 300 pounds and you know that's intimidating as well to for a 120 pound female to trust this like 300 pound man and someone they all this person said that after butch had left is when the lady saw the light in the car like that that either the cigarette or the the cell phone or something so 
they think like obviously when he left she wasn't with him and also she was seen like moving things around in her trunk also she took half the liquor or empty cans or whatever is with her so it's just like a bunch of things like the timeline it just doesn't line up Mm -hmm. but it's like who knows you know you don't know what that right her state of mind was like and who she'd trust or who she wouldn't trust i really don't think the bus driver has anything to do with it yeah well that's so my mom i told her we were doing this case and she said that she's seen the bus driver's interviews and it gave her the creep so <laughs> i couldn't find his actual interview maybe he's just a creepy dude yeah and some people possible. just give off that vibe. yeah so that's obviously one theory people think that he had think something to do with it and if he was searching around you know that's suspicious too so who knows i know that you said you mentioned that the timeline was really weird so during this documentary maggie and art actually start from campus Mm -hmm. of of a university of massachusetts and they stop at the same atm they Mm -hmm. stop at the same liquor store and they drive up there and they time it she has an extra hour on her time Hmm. they got there an hour before Mora. that's interesting yeah so they were like she did something in between in that hour yeah so they're like maybe she got gas mm-hmm. maybe she got something to eat maybe yeah. while she was stopping people followed her mm-hmm. like they have no idea what she did in that hour yeah which is really maybe she weird. picked someone up which could be maybe she was sleeping with a random guy like this is goes along with the woman said she thought she saw a male like smoking a cigarette maybe she picked up this guy and was gonna go on on an out-of-town trip with him and like yeah yeah like who knows like what but i thought that was interesting that Mm -hmm. they were there an hour yeah supposedly she didn't see her boyfriend so unless he's lying saying maybe they he met up with her before this or whatever no he lives in different states. Oh, he does. Okay. He's, he lives like around. But Texas, it's still I like think. he had an alibi for that time. Like he for sure wasn't with her in that hour. Yeah, because he because him and his parents had to fly in. Oh, okay. When they like realized yeah. she was missing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's so, not. Yeah. He okay. wasn't even in the same state. I don't even think he was in the same time zone. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah so who knows? Unless he was. flew back. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Who knows? <laughs> no, he didn't fly back. He was not in the same state. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's interesting that they have an hour off mm-hmm. that is really interesting who knows what could be going on in that time yeah it's weird mm-hmm. then obviously we have the investigation after this so mm-hmm. do you have anything on the investigation i have the initial investigation mm-hmm. february 2004 to june 2004 so 2005 per- or june uh, i no. have 2005 oh oh but no 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 never mind you're right i yeah. february to june 2004 okay. let's go <laughs> so at 1236 the following day a be on the lookout report was issued mm-hmm. she was reported as wearing a dark coat jeans and black book bag which matched up with that guy's sighting mm-hmm. from when he reported it three months later yeah a voicemail was left on fred murray's home answering machine at 3 20 p.m indicating that the car was found abandoned at 5 p.m murray's older sister contacted their dad to tell him what was going on he contacted the police department the police department and was told that murray was not reported safe and that the new hampshire fish and game department would start a search mm-hmm. at 5 17 p.m murray was first referred by the haverville police i'm sorry referred as missing by mm-hmm. the haverville police on february 11th her dad arrives at 8 a.m the new hampshire fish and game department her family and others begin the search mm-hmm. police dogs track her scent 
from one of Marie's gloves 100 yards east, but then lost the scent. The police thought this meant that she left in another car, like we said. Mm-hmm. At 5 p.m., her boyfriend and her boyfriend, her boyfriend <laughs> and his parents arrive. He was interrogated in private, and then his parents joined him in for questioning. Mm-hmm. At 7 p.m., the police stated that they believed she came to the area to run away or complete suicide, but the mm-hmm. family stated that this was highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend had turned his cell phone off during the flight, and at some point he had received a voicemail. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it sounded like she was sobbing, and the call was traced to a calling card to the American Red Cross. Yeah, I don't know what that means, though. What does that mean? Like, I think it means that she, it, it seemed like she was at the American Red Cross. Oh, like she went there? I think so. I don't know yeah, what the calling true. card is. Well, I, a calling card's like, basically like, I think, like, a ticket or coins or whatever to make a call at some place. Like, so. Oh. Um, I don't know, dude, this was 2004, man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't use phones much back then, but, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's weird to say like you know he had this voicemail but also like when what didn't does it say the time of a voicemail i don't remember i don't know whenever he's on the flight yeah it's interesting so she's supposedly alive at this time able to make a call to someone but then why didn't she call her dad or her sister or someone else and like i'm sure if she went to an american red cross for help and that's where she stopped they wouldn't just be like, sorry, only one call. Like, no, they give her more. Yeah, than like, one you're call. not in jail. Yeah. On February 12th, her father and her boyfriend hold a press conference and it was published the next day. At 3.05, the police reported that she might be headed to the Kangamis Highway area and that she was, quote, listed as endangered and possibly suicidal. They also stated that she was intoxicated at the crash site, but the bus driver, like I said, had stated that she did not seem mm-hmm. impaired at all and the police and the police had stated quote our concern is that she's upset or suicidal mm-hmm. it's, it's so interesting because they jump straight to suicide yeah no no one has said like she's been sad like the only sadness we've seen is when she had that call with her sister or like you know some sort of strange emotion coming out of her but then all of a sudden everyone, all the police are like oh she's gonna she wanted to kill herself like that's what she's gonna do yeah it's like there's no evidence for that even, like, the sleep, like, there's no sleeping pills with her. Like, those were in her room, right? In her car. Oh, they were in her car. Yeah, they were in her car. Because I'm like, I don't know. It just seems weird. It's just to interesting to me that every time a woman goes missing, it's like, oh, she ran away. Or, oh, she killed herself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, n- not necessarily. Yeah. Like, people get taken. Yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. They don't just run away. Yeah. Not every missing person is a runaway. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that really needs to be worked on is because a lot of because a lot of adolescents who run away end up being and i'm gonna get on tangent here end Mm -hmm. up being trafficked Mm -hmm. oh yeah and it's like so you can't just assume people are running away Mm -hmm. all the time yeah and human trafficking at this time and now but like you know all the time there's human trafficking everywhere so right whether she is you know actually ran away and started a new life and that was her goal whether she was planning on committing suicide, whether she was planning on, you know, just going away for a weekend trip and coming back. We don't know where she is now. Right. And there's a possibility she's right. dead or in human trafficking. Or right. It doesn't matter her intentions. Yeah. Because she's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. She has the right to 
go wherever mm-hmm. she wants. Yeah. So whether she is, like you said, mm-hmm. suicidal or just going away for the weekend yeah. or whatever, it's like you don't have her. You don't mm-hmm. know where she is. Yeah. So you need to just treat it mm-hmm. as a missing person yeah. and not speculate when yeah. you don't have everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just my opinion. Yeah. And like be aware, like you have to actually acknowledge, okay, there's human trafficking. Like there is that. Like people just like, especially I feel like, like investigators at, you know, especially at this time, I think they just like blow it off. Like mm-hmm. that's probably not what happened. Like probably didn't get human trafficked, but so like, you can't, excuse me. Yeah. You can't like not. We live near yeah. a really big <laughs> trafficking yeah, site in Ohio. Yeah, we do. So, um, I'm sure like it's like that. Yeah, a bunch it, of different areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy. But I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, you can't just be like, "Oh, she's suicidal." Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know that. Yeah. Just because, I mean, she had a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. All it seemed like all at once, she got in trouble for stealing. Mm-hmm. She had two car accidents, and I know, like, when I got in my car accident, I was like super sad mm-hmm. because it was like, "Oh my god, like I'm so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I can't believe I got in a car accident." Blah blah blah. Yeah. And it really is like it takes an emotional toll on mm-hmm. you. So. It's like I could understand why she was upset, and then she has that call with her sister, mm-hmm. and then apparently her boyfriend is a piece of crap, yeah. and she's stealing, and she gets in trouble, mm-hmm. and so she's going through a lot. So I can see why the speculation after all this stuff comes out is mm-hmm. suicide. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see yeah, that link, yeah. but at this point in the investigation, the police don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. so you can't just be yeah. like, they can't just oh, stop. I think she's suicidal. Yeah, they can't just, like, kind of push the case aside thinking, like, well, she wanted to die. Like, yeah. that's it. No, you don't you can't know just, that. Yeah, you don't know that. And the family's not going to be okay with that answer, like, right. being, like, just letting it go because they think that. Right. Because it would give them more closure if they found her after she, if she did want to yeah. do that, it'd give them more closure if that happened and she was found at right. least than if this happened. Like, we don't know what happened to her. Right. And they have no closure. Yeah. It's just, I, I was like, mm. Mm-hmm. You're really jumping here. Yeah. So a week after the disappearance, her father and boyfriend were interviewed by CNN's American Morning, and the family expanded the search into Vermont. Even though missing person cases are normally handled by local and state police, the FBI joined the investigation 10 days after she disappeared. Mm -hmm. The FBI interviewed the family, and the Haverville Police Chief announced that the search was now nationwide. Mm -hmm. So with the FBI interviewing the family part, in the documentary, her sister, Julie, says that she was never talked to by police. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she's lying or maybe the FBI didn't talk to her. Yeah. I don't know. That's a weird discrepancy. Mm-hmm. So 10 days after the disappearance, the New Hampshire fishing game conducted a second ground and air search, which used helicopters with thermal imaging cameras, tracking dogs, and cadaver dogs. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, they don't find anything. Her older sister discovered a ripped pair of woman's underwear lying in the snow on a secluded trail near French Pond Road on February 26th, but DNA testing found that it was not Marie's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, like, the family's gonna, everything they see, yeah, like, they're tested. gonna be like, oh my gosh, like, make sure that's thousand ten percent. Yeah. On March 2nd, the family checked out of their hotel due to the exhaustion of the search. Mm-hmm. Fred Murray returned nearly every weekend to continue the search. In April, the police informed him that there were complaints of trespassing on private property, which, of course, if I'm the parent of a missing child, I'm mm-hmm. looking everywhere, I don't care. 
together. Like, I'm going to look in everyone's backyard, mm-hmm. everything. Yep. Um, so, the March 2004 disappearance of Brianna Maitland in Montgomery, Vermont, drew comparisons from the media because of the similarities, but police stated that there was not enough evidence to connect the two mm-hmm. cases. So, her case was super weird because they found her car... This Brianna. Yeah, yeah. they found Brianna's car backed up mm-hmm. into like a barn yeah with the doors open mm-hmm. and they have no idea what happened mm-hmm. they they suspect like drug trading like maybe a drug deal gone wrong or mm-hmm. anything but and it's different like so different from what happened like yeah there isn't ooh, enough yeah. information like because people were like oh my god there's a serial killer and yeah the police were like no we don't have like enough evidence to declare that there's a serial killer yeah and like it's so you know like i said i don't think that mora this accident was purpose, mm-hmm. whether it was from her or someone else trying to, like, make this a- happen. And a car parked in, like, a barn is definitely different from a car right. crashing. And Yeah, and it was, like, crashed into the barn. Mm-hmm. It was, like, she had backed, mm-hmm. or somebody, I yeah. don't know if she was driving. Someone did, yeah. Like, like backed up mm-hmm. into the barn by accident. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird, though. Yeah. Should we go? Oh. Um, yeah, so, in... Um, July, July of 2004, police retrieved the items that were found in Murray's vehicle from her family again for forensic analysis. Which, that's my thing. You don't know where she is. Mm-hmm. Why are you giving her stuff back? back? Yeah, I know. Like, I do that under- stuff first. <laughs> I don't understand that. And then, yeah, because it's like, that just tampers with things. Like, yeah, I don't get it. Because like, let's what say. If, and then what if they don't give it something back? Yeah. Like, bottle alcohol in the car, for example. Like, let's say that. If they really think someone may have been in the car with her, they would want to test that for fingerprints to see if, you know, obviously the person that works at the store or whatever, there's going to be multiple fingerprints on it. But maybe you can link it to something. Right. Like, if you find, yeah. like, if I'm a a, a liquor store person mm-hmm. and my fingerprints are on the bottle, you're going to assume that I grabbed it to scan yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... That's so stupid. Yeah. I read that and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. I'm hoping that happens less now, but... I'm not even a cop and I who know, knows? hey, maybe we should test some shit yeah, before like, we don't, get back. Hey, let's put that in a bag. Let's, let's <laughs> not put, touch it. Let's put no, some gloves no on. Touchy. No touchy. <laughs> no touchy. No um, touch. So July 13th of 2004, there was another search of nearly 100 searchers, including state troopers, volunteers, and rescue personnel. Uh, go ahead. But there, that's only a one mile radius. Yeah, like that's, that's not big at all. I can walk more than a mile. Like I think you can walk more than a mile <laughs> in three, four months. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and like they say that it was out of the police's jurisdiction, mm-hmm. which is why they couldn't. But there was also a highway police officer on the scene, so he mm-hmm. could have expanded the search. Yeah, and like just get then say like, hey, I'm worried about some to the other jurisdiction and get them to like, help. Like, hey, excuse me, I know we don't talk much. Yeah. Because, you know, jurisdiction <laughs> bullshit and all that. Yeah. But, um, we have a missing person. Can yeah. Can we please search your jurisdiction? Yeah. We'll even work with you guys. <laughs> even work with you. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> that would be helpful. For sure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a great day. <laughs> Send email. Yeah. And this was also the first search without snow on the ground, so, you know, they could see okay. hopefully more things. Here's my but... other thing, because this... <laughs> <laughs> like the more i dig into this the more like it's frustrating yes yeah. because it's like if this is february and there's a bunch of snow on the ground mm-hmm. they said that it was frozen enough 
to where the footprint you know how when it's really cold the footprints stay yeah in the ground yeah they like, like for crunch days? in and like stay there yeah did nobody see footprints anywhere that's what i'm, I'm that's like, what i said about the tire tracks too like, like i don't understand yeah it's just it's weird i don't get it because obviously okay they had police dogs only track her scent to whatever thing but were there not footprints did the footprints stop <laughs> at that point or was it maybe it was on the road and there's no footprints but i don't get it if there's no footprints in the woods let's say like around where her car was then i would assume okay she walked road like down the road no footprints on the road whatever and maybe that is what happened and that's why there's no mention of footprints but if you think she went into the woods and some people think she died of natural causes walking in the woods but then there'd be footprints like you right. think i don't know if there's a snowbank there's gonna be at least some snow on the ground i don't know it's weird can she levitate because yeah i don't fucking think so yeah like it's just, i don't get it it makes me <laughs> yeah it's crazy I don't know. And, and, like, maybe, obviously, we don't know all the answers. Like, we're just the... the We're the unprofessionals. Yeah, we're just finding, you know, as much information we can online. But so, that's like police the, may know more. But, but that's, like, what the thing is about this case. And I was texting Taylor, and I was like, why did you mm-hmm. pick this such a complex <laughs> case? Because the more you get into it... Yeah. Like, the you more... You think of more things. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't get it. And so, yeah. Authorities were most interested in finding her backpack because... She supposedly had that in her possession because it wasn't found in her car, but they weren't, they didn't find anything. Um, an interesting thing was that in late 2004, a man gave Murray's father a rusty stained knife that belonged to a man's brother, the man that gave the knife, it belonged to his brother, who claimed to have a criminal past and lived less than a mile from where the car was discovered. His brother and his brother's girlfriend of this man that brought the knife were said to have acted strangely after the disappearance, and the man's brother claimed he believed the knife was used to kill Murray several days after the knife was given to Murray's father, which is weird if Murray's father didn't give it to anyone, but I don't know for sure. Um, the man's brother allegedly scrapped his Volvo, which I don't, I, like... I think he did give it to the police. Yeah, I would assume he would. I think he did, and yeah. then nothing, like, he never Came heard about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Which is bizarre. Yeah. So... Like, even if you think it's bs yeah just look follow at any yeah. lead that you get like i don't yeah especially if someone's like i think some this person did it that lived right down the road yeah it's weird so the family members of the man who turned in the knife claim he made up the story to like get reward money for giving like a lead in the investigation so who knows that obviously didn't come up with anything because if it was we would have heard oh it was her blood was on the knife or something like right. that so the thing about this brother is so this guy who was like here here's the knife i think my brother killed her the guy that is speculated of killing her lives down the street Mm -hmm. and the track dogs actually track her to this house Mm -hmm. or like near this house like where like where her scent ends correct so when they search the house the the dogs go crazy Mm -hmm. near this closet and the man didn't give permission to like have any testing done Mm -hmm. in his house or whatever so when the new owners moved in, mm-hmm. that I'm sorry, when the new when the new owners moved in, that's when they let the dogs mm-hmm. in the house and the dogs went crazy with this closet. Mm-hmm. So which was probably cleaned out by that point, you right. know, if anything was there. Right. So they took a um, sample of the rug in mm-hmm. the closet or of the carpet in the closet mm-hmm. and they tested it and they couldn't find anything. So in this documentary, 
So there are these two podcasters, and I can't think of the names. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of the podcast, but their podcast is just this case. Mm-hmm. Like they have a bunch of episodes well, just on this case, and they dig really deep and all this stuff. Yeah. And you and I won't get into everything because it's so. It, it would just be too long of yeah. an episode, but um, just go watch the documentary. <laughs> um, so these two guys and James Renner go. I think it's James Renner goes with them to this house and mm-hmm. the new owners are like absolutely you can't yeah, look around blah 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 yeah. so they find red something red on the wood panels in this closet mm-hmm. so they ask the new owners can we please take a sample of, of, of mm-hmm. these wood chips and they're they nev- they're like please don't find anything in our house we just bought <laughs> like they're like oh my god <laughs> um, what house did we buy so they get these wood chips and they never got them tested or anything mm-hmm. so they hand it over to Maggie and Art and they get this forensic analyst to come and see mm-hmm. and he concludes that there is human blood on these wood chips mm-hmm. so he's like i think you need to go and send this for forensic dna analysis. yeah see if so, it matches right so there isn't enough like evidence to determine whose blood it actually mm-hmm. was but something sketchy going yeah, on but with them. Th- but there was something like going on with them and then yeah. they was thinking that maybe it was also brianna's blood too um, because I'm pretty sure, and I can't remember this, I just watched this documentary like three days ago, and I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. But I think the forensic scientists found two sets of DNA. Gotcha. So, people they, speculate yeah. it's Brianna and Mora. And Mora's yeah. DNA. But who knows? But who it knows, was human yeah. blood. Yeah. And again, that could be from anything. Yeah, somebody, I mean, it could be the two people in the house. Somebody grabs a wire hanger, cuts yeah. themselves. Like, it's, yeah, exactly. you know. So... But the sample was too yeah. But the sample was too small mm-hmm. to actually get some sort of DNA profile mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, um, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, which I'm like, definitely. wow, if you're such big fans of this case, why did you not get the wood chips? Yeah. Uh, tested yeah. before whatever. Yeah, it's definitely there's some like, it's just interesting that obviously they didn't get a they couldn't get a search warrant for this guy's house despite having a knife that may have been used like. All this stuff, like, I don't, and obviously I don't know how that stuff works and how much evidence you need to get a search warrant of someone's house for, like, a missing person. I think you need, like, a lot. A lot, yeah. Yeah. Because someone can't just say, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I think somebody told me that they think Taylor killed somebody. You need to search her house. Yeah. Like, if I'm the judge, I'm, like, you're not, you're not getting a warrant And especially if the, if it was more as blood on the knife, then they would probably have sufficient evidence. Right, but, like, nobody knows what happened to this knife. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, a random Like, after Fred turns into the police, nobody knows what happens to it. And something interesting also was, so we talked about, like, the dogs that found her scent, but, um, you know, it depends on if you, how much you trust the dog's scent and up to that point. Right. But... Supposedly, the dogs were just given a glove of Mora's to smell for her scent that she had just got for Christmas. So, it's a pretty new glove. Mm -hmm. Who knows how many times she wore that. But people are like, why didn't you give her, like, workout clothes that she wore a lot or something more that had her smell? So, some people think that's weird, too. And who knows if that's police or family or whoever gave whatever said or that's all they had i don't know right and a lot of people were trying to blame like oh it's too cold out here Mm -hmm. like the scent blah 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 yeah so maggie and art end up higher like they do a lot of like deep diving investigation Mm -hmm. in this documentary and one of the things that they did was they hired these two dog trainers so one of the dogs is a cadaver dog and one of the dogs is like a alive dog like a missing person dog yeah yeah 
and they're like temperature doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it's wind speed Mm. so wind so like smell is like smoke yeah when the wind blows like the smell is gonna blow away but there was barely any wind on the night that she disappeared yeah so they're like the idea that people say things about oh it was too cold for Mm -hmm. them to get the scent like that's bs basically yeah so so people can't blame it being cold Mm -hmm. for the dogs losing the scent gotcha yeah, it definitely makes sense to me that if she would get, like, that, the, the idea that she got in a car mm-hmm. and got, but it's, like, people, that's why it goes back to the bus driver thing, is, like, why would she get help from a random person driving rather than a person that, you know, lives right down the street? Right. But if she was planning on running away, either to start a new life or just for a week trip by herself, maybe she didn't want help from anyone that she could call. She just wanted to kind of get away. Yeah. And not have anyone really question her. Mm-hmm. So someone just picks up a hitchhiker, doesn't really question them, just says, all right, where do you want me to drop you off yeah. at? Kind of thing. Yeah. And then people were also speculating that maybe she knew the person in the car. Yeah. But also I'm like... But you're far away. Pretty far away from... Yeah. And if you don't have from. self-service, you can't call somebody to be yeah. like, can you come get me? This yeah. Is yeah. And it's like, if she was with somebody, why are they driving like 20 minutes apart from each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely... Yeah, weird weird a lot of things yeah. um so obviously there hasn't been much more that comes from the case that i have there's more investigation stuff on wikipedia but it's kind of all like repetitive to yeah, me yeah it's a lot of long stuff um so i do have a potential sighting someone says that may have been more in mid 2005 a man walking along the beach at lake willoughby in westmore vermont so vermont kind of matches up to me like if that's where her destination was going to be um, he briefly spoke to a young woman he encountered on the beach. He ca- recalled that her first name was Raquel, um, but didn't remember her last name, just remembered it started with a V. He didn't really think anything of this, but four days later realized that, like, it resembled more Murray mm-hmm. when he saw a picture of her on the news or whatever. So, but after that, there was no real, you know, they couldn't trace her from that, mm-hmm. that s- potential sighting. And then again, in late June 2005, a husband and wife, Introduced themselves to a young woman in Solid Rock, Assembly of God Church in Barton, Vermont. So, I don't know how close Westmore and Barton, Vermont are to each other. I should have looked it up. I didn't. Um, But then after, the husband ended up saying that the woman that they met at church looked like Mora, Mm -hmm. but with blonde hair. So, obviously, she could have dyed her hair. But um, the woman actually ended up leaving, like, right after the sermon started. So there was no real yeah. follow up on that. So I also have a sighting in Canada. Yeah, they, yeah, they uh, there's a sighting in Canada. They show the shop owner and they're like, yeah, I think she was here like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there was nothing that really came of it. So then there's speculation that she ran away to Canada. Yeah, and, and that's she, close to Vermont yeah, too. So yeah. So there's just a lot of stuff, and, like, I could go into so much more with this documentary, yeah. but I won't yeah. for the sake of, but you gotta, like, you guys gotta watch this documentary. Yeah, because I know, I wanna watch it now. There's so much, like, different theories and speculations, and that's why when I was like, oh my gosh, like, they yeah. this going on, I'm texting Taylor, and I'm like, this is such a complex case, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't realize how start. complex it was when yeah. I picked it, but I knew it was big, a bigger case. What do you think happened? Um, I don't What's know. What's your theory? Well, so I de- this isn't necessarily my theory, but this is one of the other theories. Um, there was also on her 
college campus, there was a guy that died recently, and some people think she may have had something to do with the death, and that's why she was running away, because she was worried she'd get in trouble, and who knows, like, there's no real evidence to back it up, but it's just someone died on her campus. Um, And then also, this is just something weird, on the, I think it was the 10th anniversary of Maura's disappearance, you know, there's there's YouTube at this time, this is 2004, Um, A weird guy posted a video on YouTube, and it, like, was titled something like Maura Murray Anniversary or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, it got taken down, so you can't see it now, but Kendall Ray, in her video talking about this case, she puts a clip of it. He literally is just a video of this creepy old guy laughing into a camera the whole time like the whole video i don't know how long it is but like the clip she showed was like 15 seconds of him laughing and then at the end it just says happy anniversary in 10 that's it isn't that creepy that's creepy like i'm like and i know there's i don't think he probably has anything to do with it but he's just a creep but it's just weird yeah i have a creepy story (laughs) yeah sorry i keep sniffling too (laughs) my nose is ready (laughs) so in this documentary i like mentioned those two podcasters yeah And they had received an email, like, I don't remember the year, but they had received an email saying, stop looking Moore's bodies here Mm -hmm. with coordinates. So when they look up the coordinates, they see it's, like, in this super wooded area a few miles from, like, the crash site. Mm -hmm. So they were, like, so we were, like, ready to go. Mm -hmm. So, like, a few days before they were setting out to go on this trip, they were getting, like... The podcasters were. Yes. Okay. They were getting, like, other weird messages, like, you better not go, mm-hmm. or, like, they're here. And so, they were, like, afraid of their lives. We didn't tell anybody we were going, yeah. like, all this stuff. So, um, they didn't end up going because they got super scared. They're like, it's yeah. not worth it. It could be a trap. Yeah. Like, we're not we're mm-hmm. not going. So, when Maggie was doing this documentary, um, this is one of the last things she wanted to do was she wanted to go see if there were any, some sort of remains or anything that they could find. At that coordinate? Yes. Yeah. So, they hire a mountain guide Mm -hmm. to get them up this mountain, and it's really treacherous, Mm -hmm. and, like, as I'm watching them try to do this, it it doesn't seem like it would be worth carrying a person person up there to just get rid of it. Like, it just, it would seem like a lot. Especially in, like, a short amount of time, like, it seems like it would have to be quick. Right. And, of course, like, when they get, they don't find anything, Mm -hmm. of course. But this, but the same week or like the day before, or whatever, when they were gonna like do this, mm-hmm. it was gonna be Maggie, Art, the two podcasters, and then the mountain guide. Mm-hmm. And the podcasters had received another email about mm-hmm. like I'm getting goosebumps yeah, like, talking weird. about it. Ugh. Get another email. So don't do like don't yeah. go there and stuff like that. So they're they're telling the mountain guide this, and they're like, we just all need to keep our eyes open for anything because like people because they asked like did you guys tell anybody we were doing this and art was like i didn't even tell my wife i was doing this yeah like nobody knew that they were gonna go but somehow this person emailed them again and was like at this like around the time they're gonna go and in my head but in my head i'm also like why didn't you tell the police yeah i'd be like um this person emailed me these coordinates can you go check it out (laughs) it's just like it's super it's i wouldn't go by myself no or it's, even with another person or a group of people. I'd be no, like, no. If we got emailed coordinates to a body, yeah. I'm probably going to call the police. Yeah, so don't do that unless you want us to <laughs> just send it to the police. I'm, I'm friends with the cop. Yeah. Like, I'm going to send it to her. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but, that's yeah, it's like I was like getting goosebumps because mm-hmm. like they're just driving the car like going yeah. like to meet this mountain guy and they're like, um, yeah. so we got this email. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like freaking out. Yeah. 
but it, there's just there's so many layers to it read up mm-hmm. on it do mm-hmm. your own research get your own conclusions e- email yeah. us your conclusions yeah. and just watch this documentary if you have hulu because it's mm-hmm. incredible yeah and if you want i found a lot of like uh there's like so many conspiracies um on reddit like there's a whole reddit community and I'm, i believe there's a facebook group too you know all things that for this case still so there's you know obviously everyone's thinking independently and comes yeah. up with crazy things so yeah, it you was can look up yeah more. sorry no go ahead I was going to say it was also, like, the first big, like, quote-unquote social media case. Yeah. Because she disappeared the same week Facebook started. Mm-hmm. So everybody was coming up with mm-hmm. their own speculations and yeah. theories and things like that. Because now social media was really starting mm-hmm. to pick its feet up once Facebook. Even though, like, excuse me, MySpace was a thing, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, it yeah, definitely like, is was a more publicized mm-hmm. thing because of social media. Yeah. Now we're now where we are now. Yes, we are. <laughs> True crime podcast. <laughs> but it's it's an interesting case, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you picked it because I didn't know about it. Yeah. And, um, I feel really like, super weird that I didn't know about it mm-hmm. because it's such a big and in depth case. Yeah, with that's all still the going theories. on. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. And then there's a website titled moramurraymissing.org. Which has police, where you can get police information that's released, dispatch logs, a bunch of things, pictures of Mora, her family, and, like, I think they do, like, donations and stuff there, too. So, if you're interested in more stuff, that's, like, a good resource for credible information. And, like we said, the resources we used are pretty good. Wikipedia, you have to take with a grain of salt, but cross-reference it with other things mm-hmm. you, you see. And there's, obviously, a lot of theories, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of podcasters talked about the case mm-hmm. so yeah it's a good there's case. a lot of resources good pick yeah so good pick thanks i like i think i like doing missing persons ones because it's more room for speculation mm-hmm. whereas like a serial killer or a specific murder yeah. that's solved we only can really tell you what what happened right <laughs> so yeah that no, was good nice pick thanks. thanks nice job thanks this is probably longer than our summer fan it might be <laughs> all right well We'll go because it's long, and I gotta go home. <laughs> I have to get up at five thirty tomorrow. Yeah. Well, it's I think eleven o'clock. Last time I was here was when the Son of Sam one. We did that, and yeah. I left super late too. I got home around the same time I left tonight. What is wrong with us? Oh no! I don't know if we're gonna have a podcast episode a week after this one because yes. you'll be out of town. Yeah, I'll be out of town. I have a big test this week, so we won't be able to record this week. So a couple weeks. Um, yep. gives me a couple weeks. Well, I guess I could pick and then we could just record later, but I yeah. don't know what I'm doing yet. So, well, yeah, you can pick anytime and we can just research, like just have longer to research. So yeah, I should make it good then. Yes. And then I'll edit it. <laughs> a long edit it, one. Edit it. Edit it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Your outro. I almost <laughs> said follow us on Facebook. We don't have Facebook. <laughs> we don't have Facebook. Maybe we should one day. I've but. got Facebook on the brain. Um, follow us on Instagram at a latte murder. And also send us an email with maybe some of your speculations and theories about mm-hmm. Maura Murray. Um, we did ti- we did Titanic conspiracy, so mm-hmm. any Titanic conspiracies you like, um, anything that you want us to do, any suggestions, any criticisms, any mm-hmm. critiques, anything like that is more than welcome. Yep. And our email is alatimurder at gmail.com. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yep. All right. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.